Welcome to So You're Kind of a Big Deal, a weekly podcast deep diving into the lives of emerging and established tattoo artists. Listen in as we dig into origin stories, industry hot topics, and what it takes to survive in the world of tattooing. This is Tattoo Shop Talk. It's funny, it's crass, inspiring, and sometimes we get it right. Join your hosts, Sean Headley and Dave Allen, every week as we host a new guest. True North Strong Tattoo Book. This is a massive tattoo encyclopedia of Canadian tattooers. 350 pages. It's an 11 by 17 coffee table format. Sean and Dan worked tirelessly to get this thing out. And sadly, it never made it to print. So it's available for free download at theholdfastsocialclub.com and championtattoo.ca. It was great getting to know Curly and this amazing guy that tattooed with one arm. You know, the customer had to stretch his own skin. So I did get blood poisoning from him twice. Twice? Yeah. Twice? <laughs> Ed Hardy brought this whole uh, Japanese influence into American tattooing. Once Dave Shore came onto the scene, it was like tattooing completely changed. If anybody could say anything about greaseball Japanese, it's fucking Dave Shore. Salty, piratey, bikery, just hard not to do. Man, he'd pull in on his chopper with the tattoos and the girls, and I mean, he was just like so cool, man. He captured vulgarity and pleasure and insanity and recklessness. Tattoo in the 80s or 70s. Just not the same, uh, yeah, you had to be a tough guy. I was scared shitless. Even though I was, a, you know, kind of a biker guy, these were bigger biker guys, you know? I'm not totally sure you could paint the picture accurately to somebody now getting into tattooing about what it was like then. And the only reason I, f I would say or I feel that way, though, is because they might not believe you. He had the limo waiting for him with all the lines of blow lined up at the airport. This is the way we do it in Canada. <laughs> in the like 80s, 90s, Paul, Paul Jeffries was like the king of tattooing. It wasn't just in Canada. Like, am I supposed to stop tattooing? Because if this is what I'm supposed to aspire to, it's not gonna happen. Each one of these old masters influenced groups of tattooers who in turn influenced other groups of tattooers. The Hold Fast Social Club presents so you're kind of a big deal with your hosts, Sean Headley and Dave Allen.
fuck you. Oh no, we do booze. <laughs> Whatever. Oh no, you got a band-aid? Did you get a kissy kiss? The guy, it's funny, the guy that was stitching me up was my client. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, he walks in, he's like, you look really familiar. I'm like, yeah, I did that tattoo. <laughs> he's like, you're going to need stitches. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah. Just uh, the wheel on your walker gave out and you tripped? Pretty much. Nice. Coming hard into a corner and tripped on a little pebble and <laughs> went down. <laughs> Sack of potatoes. <laughs> Fucking skateboarding and hitting a wet cigarette butt. <laughs> oh, fuck. No. Mountain biking. Went over the bars and got a little bit of airtime. I didn't even know I was airborne until I was like maybe five inches from the ground. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Did I tell you about my scooter incident? No. Okay, so we're <laughs> scootering. <laughs> first of all, the first time I go scootering, you know those lime and birds? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So we go out with scootering for the very first fucking time. And we're ripping. Of course, we're pretty drunk. Julia fucking nearly gives me a heart attack. She like fucking dive rolls and just misses a fucking lamppost. And she's like, bounces up. I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh, to be young. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, a couple months later, uh, we always ride the lime ones. The rear brake is on the right hand side. So you fucking do skiddies and everything. We're down in the river valley. It's like a hill, windy asphalt, like brand new asphalt. Super nice. Well, I traded my lime for a bird with one of her friends with, with us. The brakes are reversed. Oh, man. So we're doing hairpins going down. And she's, Julia's in front. And she's so she's now coming kind of towards. And I'm like, here. And I go, skitty. And I fucking hammer the fucking front. Brake. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> straight over Superman style. Hand plant, oh. out of it, and same thing. I was like, pick my glass up, like I'm good. And she's like freaking out, like, oh my god, I'm like, gonna die. Oh fuck! <laughs> I was like, if I didn't do fucking jujitsu as much as I did and get thrown around as much as I do, I would, I would have been in the hospital with a fucking broken collarbone for sure. Oh man, I was wearing pads, and my buddy he comes riding back up the trail because he's like, where's fucking Dave? And uh, he, first thing he says, he's like, holy fuck. And I look, and there's just blood dripping, running down my arm, dripping all over the bike, all over the ground. Like, it was gnarly. Like, it was it punctured deep. Even the guy admitting was like, whoa. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> I got hit with a hammer on my head, and I could feel oh. it fill my shoe up. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer. How, how have you not got the nickname Hammer? I don't understand. I did. I have, there's flash sheets made for me that are called Hammerhead Headley. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, that one just never stuck, right? Because it's like, no. it was too long of a story to explain to people why I had that nickname. So, yeah. Whatever. Anyways, how you doing? You got hammers on for your sideburns. No, because <laughs> like the hammer skins. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and no one's gonna believe you got a big fucking hammer. <laughs> yeah, true, right? Like, yeah, but whatever. That was false advertising. Yeah, I know. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Peach colored water bottle. Yeah. 
Oh, fuck. How was uh, Oregon? Oregon was great. Had a good time. So good to get time away from everything and get some... Fuck, man. I just... I never think I'm that burnt out. And then I go on vacation and I'm just like, oh, fuck. It's so nice just to decompress from everything. You know, like... Yeah, I'd love getting up and working on shit, but man, it takes a toll on you after a while. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm so looking forward. Like, one week, man. One week and we start our fucking road trip. I'm so... Oh, it'd be great. Like, we're going to have so much fun bugging the motherfuckers at the convention. So excited, dude. Me and Julia are so excited. She was just gone for five days. Oh, man. I don't know how I made it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. You're funny. (laughs) Fucking me and Riri the dog just sitting here fucking depressed. Like, what do we do? What do we do with ourselves? Oh, fuck. No, we're stoked. I cannot wait to start that. We actually were so excited. We might even leave a day early if I don't book anything. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, my my idea is because, like, I had – so Paul from my shop has left, and he's joined that great crew at Radio Block in Calgary. Yep. Um, I have Alice. Uh, she's totally a part of the shop, but she's very self-autonomous. She only works, like, two months – or two weeks out of a month. Oh. Uh, but she's, she's leaving um, – uh, August 1st. And then, so it's just going to be me, Greg, Wesley, Anton, the realism guy, when he comes in, he's yeah, yeah. off and on. And then uh, Derek, of course. So I, I'm not going to bring anybody else on, I don't think, unless the right person approaches me. Like, I don't really want to advertise it. So many people are advertising, right? And so many, it's just like. I, I know this guy, he's got this platform. You can, you can right? find people. Totally. So. <laughs> I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried about it because I was just thinking. I was like, you know what, man? I've been I've been pretty lazy this last while. Um, Derek's not like Derek can take on small stuff, but he's so focusing on like traditional stuff and that. I'm like, dude, you need to focus on everything. Shit, or else I'm not going to be able to like when these emails roll in. I can't forward them to you if you can't do them right. Yeah, totally. You're going to limit yourself, right? So so for the time being, it's because it's going to take them a bit to get there for that stuff, you know? Um, I'm just going to start doing it. Like, Fuck yeah. I got a family coming in on Saturday, bunch of little tattoos. And then I nice. got Tuesday. I don't normally work Tuesdays, but this group of uh, women, uh, like three or four of them, they all want to get like little tattoos. And same thing. They wanted it on Thursday. And I'm like, oh, I'm going on vacation Thursday. They're like, what about Tuesday? And I was like, I don't work Tuesdays. But and I, wrote back, I was like, wait, I'm going on vacation. I'll work. Yeah, I can do Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So and that's going to kind of be my plan when I come back. I'm just going to like start picking up that stuff and, and do it. You know, I've just, it's not that I've been avoiding it. It's not like I'm too good to do it. Right. But it's, I just let other people kind of take that stuff on for so long. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm fun. tired. I'm going to do all that stuff. It's fun. <laughs> you know, so. I, you know, there's nothing like tattooing people when it's their first tattoo or they only got a couple. I mean, you give them a good experience. It's oh, like. Yeah, stoked. It, you feel great, you know, like. Totally. And then when they want their second one, I can give them to one of the other guys. Yeah, yeah. They're stoked and comfortable at the shop and stuff. But, yeah, like I got a guy coming in for, you know, I just started a fun piece on a, a guy I know. And then I have a guy coming in tomorrow for a consultation for a sleeve. And, of course, I'm still going to do all that stuff, but I was just like, you know what? For the next while, maybe I'll just focus on the little, non-stressful stuff. <laughs> yeah, fuck, it's fun, man. 
Wes is crushing it, and Greg's doing more and more color realism. He just posted this Spider-Man that's healed. It's like his second color portrait. It's awesome. It's great. I think you should start really focusing on more of that stuff. Crazy. Yeah. So, you know. But, yeah. Wild. It is what it is, you know. So, and, cool. uh, yeah, Kelowna will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to paddleboarding. Fuck yeah. Tam's going to be away for a race this Sunday, so she might leave the Saturday night and come back Sunday evening, but uh, cool. yeah, we'll, get, well, I'll get out on the lake and do some paddling for sure. Like, you know, Friday. Oh, yeah. Right. Figure it out. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I can't wait, dude. Can't Still, wait. I, you know, because I definitely don't want to be spending 12 hours a day at a convention. No, and I, I just I just realized I got to check my schedule because I think I'm fully booked for that whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dumb. <laughs> I guess you're tattooing him at the convention. Oh, fuck no. Uh-uh. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, God. Fuck. Crazy. Um, yeah, I, I want to get into some stuff with you. Uh, I knew uh, you were going to have an agenda. Of course. Of course. But before we do that, I just want to say I've got this. Uh, if anyone who's listening, I have this big fucking contest going on for Hold Fast Social Club. We're giving a ton of giveaways. Go check it out. Uh, read the fucking rules and follow them. Like I've got all these, people, <laughs> no. all these people tagging people, and uh, Dude, no one's done all the other shit. It's like there's five people right now that qualify out of like the hundred that have been like tagging people. It's like read the rules, man. I don't know if Gagne is qualified or not, but that dude wants to. Gagne, win. he qualifies. Like not only that, <laughs> when I was like scrolling through your post, I was just like, God damn. <laughs> He's playing to win. Does the motherfucker even use pens? He he likes he likes some certain stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, he's uh, not going to win. This is for tattooers only, not piercers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding, Ryan. We love you. But, uh, Damn. Yeah, really. What I want to, you know, we do this thing, and people, some of people know who we are, but. Um, I think it'd be great to get into background a little bit. And I'd love to <sighs> about your background because it's far more interesting than mine. You've got all these stories and people always want to know, well, where, where does it come from? Then come and hang out with me. <laughs> this is what this is for. <laughs> no, this is to interview other people. Dude, I know, but did not you this not, episode. Did you not flip the True North book? I am not even in it. <laughs> no, I figured you'd do that. That's typical of you. <laughs> Aiming to be some kind of weird enigma. <laughs> no, aiming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I, I know your history. You've told me enough times because you don't shut up about it. But I'm sure other people would love to, <laughs> to hear about it because <laughs> it is interesting. You know, I, I want to hear about. Uh, yeah, but which timeline? <laughs> Well, we'll start at the beginning. Like Bill said, I live fucking, I live three lifetimes in a year. <laughs> Dog ears. <laughs> How old does that make you? Old. Yeah, vampiric. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to know how you got started, because I know it's a, it's a crusty start, and people love hearing about that shit. And, uh... Well, I got the same start as everybody else, man. Like... Shouldn't have started. Did. Yeah. No, so I actually, so I built my first tattoo machine out of a remote control car motor 
that I plugged directly into the wall. <laughs> and I did cross battle axes on my forearm. And I started doing the Venom uh, Goathead from the Black Metal album. Yeah. I was 13. Jesus Christ. And I was grounded. So I was kind of like, well, fucking stuff. That was the thing is what my parents learned. You know, like most parents are like, we're going to take away TV. Uh, my parents should have taken away anything that I could disassemble. Um, if I didn't have the parents I had, which junkies, <laughs> easiest, we're not, we won't get into that whole part. Of it, no. but just not no. people, uh, I probably would have been like an engineer or something other than a piece of shit. And uh, <laughs> tattooing made me not be a piece of shit eventually. Right. But like there was many years of being a total piece of shit. Um, but yeah, so I built the tattoo machine. I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know where I probably saw it on a fucking TV show or a documentary or something. I built it out of a remote control car, like an L bracket, some tubing and like, just, yeah. And fuck man, it hurt. It ripped it apart. Like oh, and yeah. it ripped out the motor so fast. Then I asked my friend, might've been Barry Chapman. You remember Chapman? Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, I might've got a remote control car motor off of him. Cause I still thought that was a great idea. And I had old like racetracks and like train tracks and the oh, yeah, yeah. speedometer kind of like, oh, yeah. almost like a real stat dial. Yeah. I figured, and again, this is like no soldering. This is like me just cutting wire and then like twisting, twisting it them up and shoving it into the wall and then like using the fucking dot so I could turn it down. And even at the lowest, it was still, way too fast there'd be so much uh, torque on a remote control car like oh it was, know, like those motors would be torquey there was more ink going out of the top of the <laughs> there was going on the bar like and like honestly too like like if that was if that was the tube opening like the needle would be like that so the needle was like oh fuck like i probably have pictures of that venom goat head and it like it would look like fat outlines until you look really <laughs> close and you realized it was like fucking was stippling. Stippling. You're stippling. Yeah, you totally. Know. So you figured that out quick. <laughs> that was so I had that. I did that. And then of course my parents were stoked. And then um this girl Catherine, the skinhead girl from the beaches that I was hanging out with, we were walking by the Chinamans. Yeah, yeah. Um and I was like can you buy me a tattoo? <laughs> and it was like 30 bucks. And I went in and I got a little panther on my hand. And then I went back like a week later and I got a tiny little eagle on my, like, it was seriously, it was like fucking that big with like, you know, four red stars, a little bit of shading with a banner and nothing oh. in the banner. Cause it said USN in the banner. And I'm like, well, yeah. I want and, uh, you know, I had it like right up on my delt. And then, uh, I had like a bulldog on my arm by this guy, Jeff, who tattooed out of his house in, um, I'm trying to remember the housing development. Is it in Scarborough? It was in Scarborough. Did he tattoo in his basement? Uh, no, he tattooed in a townhouse. So, okay. So this is, this is a long time ago. So yeah, yeah. this was before Courtney was born. So this is eighties. So I got a bulldog head by him when I was 16. Um, and so then I started getting sleeves by, uh, mostly Bruce, uh, I got tattooed by Stu and then I got <clears> sleeves <throat> by Bruce because I was I, Lower East Side, Lower East Side. And, um, so 
I had, you know, I played around with the homemade tattooing and stuff like that for a while. Um, I lived on the streets for a bit. I'll just jump around here. So I lived on the streets for a bit. Uh, this guy, Paul Dunderhead, he had a homemade tattoo machine. It was a lot better because he had been to jail. Um, and he ended You're up painting getting... a great picture of Toronto and Scarborough <laughs> at that time. Well, you know what I mean? Like, dude, two of the people that I squatted with fucking murdered people and were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My friend Mark Han was is in the top 100 grotesque murders of Canadian history. I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I didn't hang out with great fucking people when I was a kid, man. And uh, so Paul Denderhead gave me the machine, ended up doing a bunch of, you know, crap on myself and on friends, gave my friend Ron Lance a fucking horrible blood infection. Because, uh, of course, we're dipping straight into India ink that we're stealing from the store and shit. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is 80s. This would have been probably like 1988. Yeah, probably 98. Probably at least two years before Courtney was born. So, you know, 16. And Crazy. then I went and got a big home stereo system. When I was 17, I got a big home stereo system from one of those rent-to-own places. I was underage. I was 17 and they gave me this giant fucking stereo and I had it for like a couple months. And then I was like, Oh, I wonder if I can like get tattoos. If I sell this, I phoned Bruce and was like, I, I phoned Lori side was just like, Hey man, I have this, uh, stereo. I was wondering if you guys want to trade for tattoos. And I think it might've been Stu that answered. Cause he was like, hold on. And then Bruce got on and I'm like, Hey man, it's Sean. And he's like, Sean, who? And I'm like, skinhead Sean. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I have a stereo. He's like, is it hot? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, I actually have papers for it. I'm like, okay. So, so I loaded up on my illegal Mustang that I didn't have a driver's license for. And <laughs> drive over to Lower East Side and I open the trunk and he's like, this is like brand new. I'm like, yeah. And it's like tower speakers. You know, it's the one when you have like the tuner, the cassette, like it had the fucking racks and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you want for it? I'm like, what do you want to give me? He's like, I'll do sleeves on you. I'm like, Okay. But I didn't think of getting like sleeves. I was just like, I'll just come in like every Friday and get a tattoo or two. So I was just going in every week and just tattooing. And then I was 18, and there was a guy named Dave Hughes that tattooed in Scarborough, also at his house. Uh, but he had like a legit setup. Uh, like it was a shop. He had autoclave, he had everything. And I had gotten tattooed by him also. He was a nice guy. All my friends one day were just like, you should get into tattooing again. And I was like, don't you remember? I almost killed Ron. <laughs> They're like, no, no. But if you had real stuff, because the Chili Peppers albums have come out now and they all want tattoos. And so Steve Martin, a bunch of my friends, like Bernardino and all these guys, they all chipped in. I phoned Dave Hughes and I'm like, hey, man, do you got any tattoo equipment for sale? He's fuck off. Hangs up. Phone rings. He calls back. I'm at my friend Steve Martin's house. I'll never forget this because he calls back. Because I, I said, hey, it's Sean. Do you have any tattoo equipment? Fuck so, off, hangs up. He must have star 69. He calls back and he's like, which Sean? Skinhead Sean? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, actually, I do have some shit. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, full kit, bro, 500 bucks. I'm like, okay, <laughs> come check it out. And I show up and it's that guy Jeff's. Oh, wow. Guy Jeff that did my first professional tattoo. <laughs> I'm just like, and he tells me, and I was like, that guy did this tattoo. He's like, no way. He's like, yeah, his wife finally was just like, you're not doing this shit anymore. And made him give it to Dave to sell. 
Oh, wild. So Dave gave me a quick rundown on some stuff, some needle making stuff. And then I took it home. And then I don't know why. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I should phone Lower East Side and tell them that I'm going to tattoo. And it was like, bring your stuff to the shop. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> They're going to take my equipment. <laughs> so I go. And yeah, I'm 51 now. This was when I was 18. Stu probably wouldn't even remember this, though. Uh, why those guys were good to me or nice to me, I have no fucking clue, but they were. I went in, Stu was tattooing, and he's like, I had it all in a box. He's like, just put it over there, come back in an hour. Okay. Went and hit a John Anderson's Burgers for the Toronto peeps. And then uh, I went back, and he's like, shaking the ink bottles, throw them in the garbage. I was like, what are you, like, you're throwing away my ink, right? I'm not saying yeah. Just standing there, wide-eyed. He's like, come in the back. I go in the back. He pulls out powdered pigment, shows me how to mix powdered pigment on the spot. Back in the day, because we just used Listerine back in the day. Yeah. Um, he made me some primary colors. And then he, like, showed me, like, the chemiclave, explained it to me, all this stuff. Then he gave me a bunch of needles that were used but sterile. And he's like, take these, practice with these. He's like, if I fucking find out you use these on anybody, like, it's over. And I was just like, yes, sir. Why he did that, I don't fucking know. He gave Crazy. me a stack of needles. Because back in the day, for people that don't know, we'd make our own needles. We would solder the configurations of the different needles we needed and then solder them to a bar. After we were done tattooing them, you didn't throw them away. You would take them. And you would soak them and then you would autoclave them so that you could safely de-needle the bar, clean the solder, re-autoclave the bars, make new needle heads, solder them back on, then yeah. autoclave them again. So he gave me used needles that were technically sterile. And there were people that reused needles even though they were sterile back then. But he was like, if you fucking use the, I was like, oh, yeah, I won't. I He's like, go get pig's feet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I went and bought pig's feet. I got all these fucking oranges. And and then I went back after I'd used a bunch of them. And then he showed me how to make some needles. And he autoclaved them. And I tattooed my legs myself. And then I started, uh, then I, like, I basically knew how to make stuff, right? And then I started making shit. And I was like, I, was, I wasn't doing, because I wasn't reusing anything at the time. I was doing all, like, chemical soaks for sterilization. Because, of course, Studio One, you go there and just buy all your shit. I have my little ultrasonic <laughs> <laughs> and all my soaks and my scrubs, yeah. all that shit. And uh, my dad let me – I hadn't lived at home at this point. I was 18. I hadn't lived at home for almost five years. And uh, I was now having a kid with a girl that I wasn't really with. And my dad was like – my stepdad was like, you can move back into the house. You can pay me 50 bucks a week rent and you can turn the room in the basement into a tattoo shop. And I was like, okay. And he's, deal. Like, he's like, fucking same rule. So when I was growing up in this fucking house, man, I could, okay. I could smoke in the house when I was 11 years old. <laughs> but if somebody was to call me after 9 PM, I'd get in trouble. So he's like, 
even though I'm now fucking 18, he's like, same fucking rules. If anybody fucking calls, like nobody here at night, like when he comes home from work and after he's had his dinner and he smokes his fucking hot knives and he's like buzzing out watching TV, he doesn't want anybody around. So he's like, same rules apply. Nobody better fucking call here after nine. No gas or whatever. He's like, unless it's, unless it's that Chapman kid. <laughs> he loved Barry and he liked Jason and Barry Viles and those guys. So I was like, okay, sure. And then it was like, of course, in the beginning, I was, you know, tattooing a bunch on Jason Smith. Uh, I did one on Barry Viles, but I did a lot on Jason Smith. My friend Grimace was getting fucking covered. I did like a, I have pictures of all this stuff. I did a fucking back piece on Grimace, like sleeves, like all kinds of shit. I've been tattooing at this point on my own with very little <laughs> guidance I got. Like that's what was great about the Lower East Side guys is like, they didn't teach me how to tattoo. They didn't offer me an apprenticeship. But what they did do is make sure that I fucking understood what was right and wrong when tattooing people. Yeah. Uh, so very early on, like, yeah, we, I smoked with, you know, every small, all that stuff, but like, but like sterile being clean and sterile and the equipment you use not to reuse it and stuff like that was like, that, basically I was told I'd fucking get my arms fucking smashed if I did anything stupid. Right. Yeah. Uh, because home tattooers, <laughs> That's what people don't realize. We don't like home tattooers or these fucking like secret studio tattooers. Not because they're like charging less than us and all this stuff, but those are the people that end up fucking the actual community of tattooing by cutting corners. When these yeah. guys are getting shut down for, you know, bad cross contamination, not being sterile, tattooing underage fucking people, all these other things that reflects on tattoo studios not fucking home tattoo studios no totally because they can't regulate home tattoo studios, yeah so they it's start just, over regulating us like so how many cities have been as a fucking old grumpy white fucking tattooer with privileges doesn't like home tattooers like yeah, no it just takes it just takes one uneducated tattooer to give somebody hap to get the whole fucking city shut down we've seen it before right like yeah it, that's the worry. It's the uneducated home tattooer that's never taken a bloodborne pathogens course, never had a anyone walk them through proper sterilization, or you yeah. know had an apprenticeship. It would be great too. They yeah. had a lot of experience. And I with got that. lucky. And look, look, I gave my friend a fucking blood infection. When yeah, we were, like we were, but we were kids. Like we were fifteen, probably. You know what I mean? Like, because we didn't fucking know, right? But the thing is, is that most home tattooers are not retarded fifteen-year-old yeah. kids tattooing no. each other, right? Those are those are there are kids doing that. Yeah, yeah, kids doing that at my age, and there's kids still doing it today. But those are not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that like are running Facebook ads and marketplace, and all. They're like running a tattoo studio out of their house, but then cutting every corner possible Absolutely. money because they don't make a lot of money because they charge 40 bucks a fucking hour. Yeah. Like, you know, so anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's circle around. <laughs> yeah. Land the plane, Sean. <laughs> and uh, I started, I started drinking cause I was afraid you're going to bring up Teddy. I've been having a rough go with that. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, We'll talk about that another time. And, uh, but, okay, so, yeah, so I started tattooing, and then it was, like, friends of friends, and then it's becoming, like, people I don't even know. Like, so I was on probation. 
out of jail and I got a work placement at a printer place in downtown Toronto. They were super cool. Like they, I was basically there just to clean. And again, for whatever reason, people liked me and they're like, still, people still like you, Sean. It's because you have personality. <laughs> I know, but I just mean like, I'm a kid when I came from, you know what I mean? Like I would, people were always kind of like, what are they? I'm like, I don't know. People just, I don't know. I walk into a room, and I don't know. But so I go to this company, and it's like, you know, I'm a piece of shit. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I'm covered in tattoos and not good ones. And by not good, I don't mean like not well done. They were well done, but they were not good tattoos. I had people like murdered on my arms. I had bad tattoos. I had a terrorist tattooed on my arm. I had bad tattoos. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if somebody like my girlfriend that was pregnant was like, don't get that tattoo, I would immediately get that tattoo. <laughs> That's my personality. It always, always been like that. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, they were like, uh, Hey, you should come and work in the art department area. I'm like, okay. So I started doing like, he started teaching me like the old school, like proper, like almost kind of like rubber stamp, uh, like tasting to make flyers and stuff. So I was like learning how to do all that stuff. And then I was watching, they had, they were mostly printing on old offset printers, like the old presses. Cool. They were, they did all CIBC Canada, uh, business cards. And they were all gold foil pressed. And Ooh. I was just like, that's cool, man. And they're showing me all the stuff. They're showing me all the like tools and dyes and everything. And then they just, they're just like, you want to learn how to run this? And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. And then I was running it and stuff. And then they're like, hey, if you ever want to like, and then they found out I was like tattooing because I was just tattooing part-time, of course, out of my dad's basement at this time. They're like, hey, if you ever want to make your own business cards or something. I was like, Really? And so they did foil embossing. So I did a foil embossed card. And then they also did kind of like a card where after it was printed, it went, it got like almost like a plastic sprinkled on them and then went through like a heat process. Okay. So then, and then it went through like a blower and a dryer. So all the printing was like raised. Oh, cool. Pretty sure I still have that card. And because I called myself first impressions tattoo and it was a skeleton arm holding a tat machine dude (laughs) i know that the gold foil ones left because i only printed like 50 gold foil ones and i gave them away like as vip things but i'm pretty sure i still have the the first impression i'm pretty sure i still have the first impression ones that shit is so 90s but it still holds up today (laughs) well that's impressions yeah that was yeah that would have been that might have been 1989. That I, yeah, because I went to jail before Courtney was born. I went to jail like right after I came back from living on the streets of Vancouver. So yeah, like I said, I lived a lot of lives in one year, man. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> then I kind of was like tattooing more and more, and people started like wanting more and more. And my dad was like, "This is not cool." And also, I started thinking like, "This is not cool either," because like just Bruce and Stu in my head was like, you know, this isn't like a fucking game. This isn't, you know, this is real. And I just was like, I need to either do this full time, like put all my energy into it or not do it at all. Um, and so one day I was no longer at that printing press press place. I had finished my probation. They only had me on as because they got free labor from you know corrections board of canada and then i ended up getting this job at a uh 
uh, Yellow Pages factory, and we had Yellow Pages from all over the world, and we just palleted them and sent them out to places. And uh, on my lunch break, I would just go through and just look through, go right to T and look for tattoo, and just rip all the tattoo ads out <laughs> and just collect them. <laughs> but anyway, so one day I was, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm like outside it's like 10 a.m you know the coffee truck is there and everybody's lined up for the coffee truck to get their shitty danish and a coffee and i'm smoking my cigarette and i'm just like i need to either do this full-time or not at all and i was just like i'm gonna do it full-time and i i just <laughs> i just left <laughs> i just went on a bus and left never picked up my last check <laughs> now, that's not the first time i've done this either that's just, quiet quitting <laughs> That's actually quiet quitting. <laughs> I was working at a gas station and uh, up in where my mom lived, Oak Ridges. And I was like up there because I was trying to get like my head on straight a bit because I was you know doing too much shit. And uh, I was working at this gas station down at the end of the street. And it's like fucking pitch black. There's no street lights. There's like not one fucking car coming into the gas station at nighttime and stuff. And I was there only for a couple weeks. And I had taken a cab up to my mom's from Toronto. It was like 150 bucks. Holy fuck. Yeah. The cab driver thought I was going to murder him. So I was like, <laughs> no, no, I was throwing cash at him and shit. Like, no, it's all good. I don't care. I was so, when he picked me up in downtown Toronto, I was so fucked up. And then I go up there. I basically just like woke up in my mom's basement like three days later. And then... I was like, I was, one day I was like, saw they were hiring. So I was like, okay, I need a job. My mom's like, you're staying here. I'm like, for now, <laughs> I didn't know what else I was going to do. <laughs> but I lasted like maybe three weeks. And it was like the middle of the fucking night. Same thing. I was sitting in the gas station. And I was just like, fuck this. I locked up the gas station and pushed the keys through the mailbox. <laughs> Never went back. And back. Oh, <laughs> just, fuck. just fucking left. I went to my mom's. I passed out over in the morning. I was like, see you later. And then, and then I didn't see her again for like a couple of years and just, yeah, it was just, and then I ended up at, um, so I was living in East Toronto, Scarborough and stuff. And then I would always like BMX downtown, go visit old friends and stuff like that. I was like on probation. I wasn't supposed to be around certain people and stuff like that. So I'm just like BMX downtown and I'd always pass by Art of Torture uh, on Sherbourne street, the original little you know yeah yeah square foot location and i'd pop in here once in a while say hi to james and those guys and stuff and i, I have pictures of that too actually actually rich ha or not rich Hammer, uh rich harding actually he was like dude i'm keeping this picture and it's a picture of me Corey, and james uh and this guy taz all standing outside of art of torture uh in like probably 1990 amazing and i was still ta i was tattooing uh as much as i could it was my only job but i wasn't you know i was whatever and uh but sometimes i'd go by james's and he'd he'd be fucking slammed and like Corey wouldn't be there he'd be by himself and he'd just be like hey you want to do some tattoos and i'd be like sure i'd fucking throw my bmx in the back just sit down and just grab tattoo machines and just start banging out tattoos and then uh he, at the end of the day he just, i'd be like oh what do i owe you and he'd be like fuck just keep it i'd be like cool and uh you know go get fucking wasted at the at the it was across the street from the paddock and sneaky D's. Uh, I can't think of the name of it at the moment. It was an old Greek restaurant. They allowed drinkers. 
Was it downstairs? No, no, oh. that place was great. That downstairs and upstairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you ever go? Yeah, my oh, yeah. friends fucking threw like fire extinguisher size pepper spray can bomb in that bar. I I almost got tattooed meeting skinheads in that bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we used to. Oh my god, I used to drink so much there. Uh, I can't remember the name of the place though. So anyway, so okay, I just hold up drink and then like end up riding home. You know, it's like hour and a half. BMX ride back to where I lived and stuff like that. And then James, yeah, Corey that worked there. Did he work? End up working at uh, Lower East Side later. Big guy. Yeah. Fucking neck yeah. tattoos and shit. Mm-hmm. Is that? Uh, fuck. I can't remember yeah. his last name at the moment. Uh, it'll come to me. Yeah, Corey yeah. never did leg day in his life, but he never missed a chest and shoulder day. <laughs> he was a big dude. When I worked at Highway 2 with Bruce, he worked at Lower East Side. Yeah, he had his own shop for a while on Queen East. Yeah, he dated Dana. Uh, his pitbull bit my daughter, Courtney. When she oh, was shit. Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, not his fault. Uh, huh. You know, pitbulls eat babies, what do you expect? Yeah. And um, so anyway, I was riding by Art of Torture one day, and I popped in to say hi, and James was just like, hey, man, Corey's gone. You want to work here? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I literally just went the next day and it was so funny when he showed up. Cause I had a, I, I had a tattoo studio and I took it very seriously. I used to take apart my machines. If I didn't have a tattoo and I was just at home hanging out, I would take apart my tattoo machines, literally break them on purpose to try and rebuild them. Um, so I had like a wall. I have pictures of this room. I had a flash wall. I had my tattoo machines. I had, I had all this stuff. So I show up at Art of Torture and James was like, why do you have so much stuff? <laughs> like he was shocked. He thought I was yeah. just going to have like a tattoo machine. And, uh, and he was like, he, he was like, you have, you have almost as much stuff as I do. Like, I think it kind of weirded him out. And, uh, and I was just like, ah, yeah, man. Cause like I tattoo, but, and then I started tattooing there and James was not there a lot, like at all. Like, I'd get there early in the morning, open. The place was tiny, fucking tiny. And I would get there and I would tattoo some days, literally 11 a.m. till after, like after midnight, like one in the morning, I would be telling people like, no, get out. Because we were right beside the drop. We were the right beside the YMCA drop-off center for um, like all the prisons from Kingston. The buses would all come and drop all of them off at the YMCA and they'd stay there until they got like their halfway house placements, et cetera, et cetera. They all get their government checks. So they'd all be showing up with their ladies of the night girlfriends. I want to get a name tattooed on my arm. <laughs> Put a line through this other one. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, like uh, this guy, uh, I won't say his last name. This guy, John, uh, was, was an old friend of mine. He's a fucking garbage human fucking being. I hope he's fucking dead now. Um but anyway, he used to come because he used to get so bad. He used to just come and hang out and basically work security. Like, he threw a guy in front of a moving bus. Like, that is bad. My friend Drew used to come by and draw and shit like that because he went to Ryerson. And uh, same, he was actually on parole for some pretty serious stuff, like conspiracy and that. So he wasn't allowed to hang out with a lot of certain people. So he would just come and hang out at the shop. And it's like, dude, you're surrounded by people that you're not supposed to be around. He's like, yeah, but they're not my friends. A shop like Art of Torture just attracts that kind of like the name art of torture that just attracts a certain type of clientele 
Yeah. I never set foot in art of torture. <laughs> I remember driving by it and there was a fucking mannequin in the window. And I was like, I'm never going in that place. It was yeah. the creepiest fucking like window display. Like that mannequin? <laughs> <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> hey, it's for Stan's art show. I still got to paint it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I was at Art of Torture. Uh, man, I tattooed a lot there, dude. Like so, so much. Um, and that was all like, you're doing like little bangers and stuff. Is it all flash? Is it some custom stuff? <laughs> like flash, horrible custom stuff. Like people wanted horrible tattoos. I would draw horrible tattoos, right? Like we're like, we're getting a lot of the projects, Regent Park areas like that. So that yeah. Um, I was tattooing this guy. I'll never forget. His name is Eric, Eric scary. <laughs> fucking serious dude. And, uh, I did my, basically my first sleeve. I did a sleeve on grimace, but like, this was like a guy I didn't know came in and he was just like, he had a couple tattoos, but like the skin cheese was big in the day and he's just oh. skin cheese and flames and other shit. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Freehand and everything and shit. And, he was cool. Uh, I tattooed a bunch of people there. You know, I tattooed a lot of like gang members from Regent Park and shit. Like, hey man, can you put a tattoo on my chest but work around the bullet hole? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, don't have to. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, so I was there, and so piercing was pretty big. I was, uh, I knew. So in Toronto back in the day, like the kind of like fetish scene, like they had a piercer named um, Lilith Ouroboros and um, she was very hard to like deal with and stuff. Um, my girlfriend at the time had been pierced by her a lot, but piercing was now starting to become like in and I would get normal people coming in there to torture asking for piercings and it would be like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> even if we did piercing, don't get it done here. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I would like mention Lilith and she was so black. I just knew like they were going to get treated. Not great. And then, uh, there was a new piercing shop on queen West Queen East ish, Queen West, uh, new, and it was called New Tribe. Uh, I hadn't met these guys, but I had heard about them. And so I just started sending everybody to them. And man, I was sending them a lot of fucking people. I was sending them so many people that they decided that they needed to actually come to the shop and meet who was sending them all the people. Crazy. And, uh, and it's so funny because it was Mikey and it was Dave Green. Dave Green and now <laughs> Sacred Heart. Yeah, yeah. Super nerd. <laughs> you know, dress shirt, vest, ties, dress shoes, coming in to Art of Torture. Art of Torture. <laughs> east of East of Young Street. Yeah, East Toronto, fucking hardcore. Back then. Mm -hmm. And Mikey, like, you know, um, bisexual like ex gay porn star piercer very flamboyant huge piercings and stuff and just yeah so they did not, like they walked in and i was just like they're not here for tattoos 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, hey, man, are you uh, Sean? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, hey, uh, we're from New Tribe. And I'm like, oh, cool. And they start talking to me and, uh, and they're like, you know, fuck, thanks so much, man. Like you send us so much business. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to send them, you know, at the time I didn't want to send them to, and there was another tattoo shop. I didn't want to send them to and, and love as like, whatever, you know, I'll send them to these. Cause I heard they were like, they were younger people kind of like, you know, hip to the scene and all that. <laughs> so I, I was sending them there. And, uh, so then they start telling me they have tattooer now. And I was like, oh, right on. And they're like, oh, maybe you've heard of him, Dave Wildenbauer. And I'm like, Nope. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, apprenticed under Bill Baker. And I'm like, well, I know who that is. Cause I knew a lot of people that got tattooed by Bill in the eighties, uh, and early nineties, of course. Uh, and I'm like, but and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. So I went by, they're like, oh, come by and go to the shop sometime. I'm like, okay. So I did, I went by one day and met them and met Paul. He was one of the owners, didn't pierce or anything like that. And I met Dave, he was kind of standoffish. Uh, rightfully so, right? We're early tattooers, like new. It's like, who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? Sniffing around. Yeah. My new gig. And, uh, and they were all cool though. I just, I got along with them and stuff. And I really liked Dave's flash. Like he was doing the San Francisco new school style stuff that you only saw in the magazines. Nobody else was doing that stuff. And it was just kind of like, cool, man. Like sweet. And I ended up busting, I, 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 I can't remember what happened, but I wiped it on my BMX. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was my leg or my arm. I fucked something up and I couldn't work. And so I didn't go to art of torture for like almost four weeks. And in that time, James apprenticed a guy and had him tattooing like right away. And I showed up. And James was just like, sorry, man, there's no room for you. And all my stuff was in a garbage bag. And I was like, cold. I was like, cool. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that that's when Dave Green put all my shit in the green garbage bag at Sacred Heart. That was like very triggering. Cause I was just like, yeah, somebody's going to get fucking murdered. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> anyway. Like I, I'd already been away for four weeks. It's like, I love tattooing, but it was not the tattooing I wanted to do. Um, but I just stayed there. Cause I, dude, I made so much money there. Like it was crazy how much money I was making at my age, like new kid and shit, like, come on. And, uh, so I just, I left. I was like, well, can I just grab this shit later? He's like, yeah, yeah, of course, man. He's like, you know, look, no hard feelings. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, so I just ended up walking downtown uh, from there. I walked over to New Tribe and I was just like, they're like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, nothing, whatever. Told them about getting fired and shit. And they're like, oh, no way. I'm like, yeah. They're like, that sucked. I'm like, yeah. And uh, they ended up, I think Mikey phoned me a couple days later. And he's like, do you want to work at New Tribe? And I was like, sure. And he's like, okay, before you get too excited, though, he's like, there's not really any room for you to tattoo. Because that shop is huge. No, 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 no. This is the old new tribe that was on okay. the second floor up behind, um, not off the wall. It was like a store like that. Black, black market. <laughs> kind of like that. So yeah. it was on queen. It was second floor, very small, uh, waiting room could hold like three people. Mikey had his piercing chair. Dave Wildenbauer had a tattoo chair 
in the same room and it was all windows, dude. Like remember those old, like square thick glass windows with the tar in between. So like magnifying glasses, basically like you sat in that tiny room. It was like magnifying glasses. So they're like, you know, we don't know how much tattooing you're going to be able to do because, of course, Dave's priority. I'm like, yeah, for sure. They're like, but we'll pay you to be counter guy. I was like, okay. And they're like, you have to wear long sleeves, though. I'm like, okay. Because of my tattoos. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> of your offensive tattoos. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. And I started right away. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like a fucking carny, right? I just, I'm good with people. And I was really good at the counter. And. I ended up getting along really well with Dave. He knew I wasn't there to like take anything away from him and stuff. And then he was my introduction to Bill. So that's how I knew who Bill was, but that was my introduction to Bill. Dave was like, Bill's coming to town. Do you want to get tattooed by him? And I was like, I do. He's like, what do you want to get? And I'm like, I don't know why I'm such an asshole. I don't know why. <laughs> Ever since I was young, I like to make tattooers do shit that they're not into doing. Yep. So Dave's like, oh, do you want to get tattooed by him? Like, it's Bill Baker. And I'm like, oh, so you know your flash sheet that you did with Jesus with his hands out with the nails and he looks all scared? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I want that with stained glass crosses behind it with a question mark. And he's like, and I'm like on the back of my head. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> and then Bill's like, what do you want? I'm like, I want his flash. I want you to do it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> While he was tattooing me, Stuart Archibald came by. Oh, crazy. This is years this is years before Stuart tattooed, actually. Stuart had like his MC Escher work by Bill around his leg. While Bill was tattooing me, that's all I was staring at was the ads wrapped around Stuart's leg. So I was so blown away by it. I was like, that's a fucking tattoo, man. Like I'd seen good tattoos. Like this guy, Rogue, I knew had really good tattoos by Bill. Like a lot of people had really good tattoos by Bill, but they were also very not correct PC tattoos, right? Yeah, but yeah. so perfectly. And uh, this was, I was like, oh my God, like that's cool. And I remember him tattooing me and he has long nappy hair and I never, I could feel the sweat because that room was so fucking hot in the summer. I could feel the sweat dripping off of his hair oh. into my uh. <laughs> Feel like his his hair kept like getting caught <laughs> in the tattoo in the tattoo machine and, uh, like, between the contact point, and then he goes, uh, "Oh, this might hurt a little bit." Well, he's like nagging it, and I'm like, "Okay," and I'm just like, "Oh, what the fuck was that?" And he's like, eh, "It might have been a mole." Oh my god! It might have been. It no, it's no longer there. <laughs> and I was just like, "This is my favorite human being on the planet," and that was it. I don't know why we jived and uh, that was it. And then, so, so yeah, then new tribe, we left there, not maybe six months. I think I was there for counter doing six months. And then that's when we got that huge spot, which they're still into today. Yeah. Um, since yeah. Fuck the early nineties, man. Like they've been there forever. Like they, yeah, it's gotta be 30 plus years. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's when we moved in there, and then yeah, it was good. Then I was tattooing full time there, and and then I got burnt out. Like I was there for a while, and then I just got really burnt out. And I left, and I opened my own little spot in the beaches. Um, and then 
Dave Green had left New Tribe because he wasn't permanent there. He just came out from Winnipeg to like basically get sober, I think. And then he went back to Winnipeg. Then he was in Vancouver and out of my shop. And I was like, hey, man, he had quit piercing. I was like, you want to come and pierce in my shop? He's like, I don't pierce anymore. Like, come on, just come pierce in my shop. So he came out because he had come out a lot to, uh, to New Tribe. And then that's how I met Steve Simons, who was also a piercer and jewelry maker and all that. And then when I opened my shop, I had Dave come out um, to hang out. And then I had some other piercers start that were super cool. Um, and then I was going to do a uh, Adam Sky came and did a guest spot at my shop, uh, Fusion. Yep. And that's how I met him. And then I was going to go out and do a guest spot with him, but I didn't really want to leave my shop either, right? That was just kind of like a new thing and stuff like that. And so it was funny because then Dave Green was like, well, I'll come out and hang out. I'm like, okay. So he came out and he brought Chad Woodley with him. And Chad Woodley had gotten offered a job at Sacred Heart. He hadn't started there yet, though. And I was going to do a guest spot there. And Chad was all like, don't fucking steal my job. <laughs> Chad's first tattoo he's doing at my shop. I love this story. Tattoo he's doing it at my shop. I walk in. I'm so hungover because, again, I'm still just fucking drinking every fucking night because I'm at every bar because I'm cool. And uh, I show up in my shop and I'm like, I haven't met Chad yet. And he's tattooing in my station. And I walk over, I'm like leaning on my like half wall. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm Sean. How's it going? He's like, Oh, hey, go. And he's wiping the tattoo. And I'm like, cool, man. Did you mean to not do that? Right. What? <laughs> 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 and he was doing the crow poster. Oh, fuck. totally forgot the eyes. He forgot the eyes in the wings. Oh my gosh. You know, the whole point of the poster. <laughs> That was my introduction to Chad. <laughs> uh, and then I made him tattoo me. <laughs> and it was awesome. Was that the Woodley like, oh. mask? Yeah, the bad the mask <laughs> that people made fun of for you. That mask was famous. Oh, my God. I'd meet people from France, like Pierre's dad. He's like, oh, show me the mask. And I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sakes, man. It's like, dude, don't use that color. It won't work as a cover-up. No, no, it's called Coverall Green. Here, in case you can't see me, blinking. <laughs> yeah, I know it's called coverall green, but it doesn't actually mean it'll cover all. But anyways, um, it's gone again. But um, yeah, so I had that shop for a bit, and then Vancouver, back, and then I went back to Vancouver, and then my shop vanished. <laughs> and so did my guest spot in Vancouver. So I kind of got stranded in Vancouver. What? Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, So, Adam had sold the shop. He just assumed it'd be okay for me to go guest spot. I assume. I don't think this was an intentional thing. So, I show up to Vancouver. Blair and Glenn now own the shop. Chad Woodley works there. Rob Hope works there. I don't think Dave Nicholson was there. I think Dave had left for a bit. Was Percy I, there? Huh? Was Percy there or? Percy had left. No, Percy was Percy was gone. Native Images was open at this point. Okay. And, uh, so I show up, or he? No, he was gone. He hadn't opened Native Images yet. Uh, so anyway, so I show up and there's no spot for me. They're like, no, sorry, man. <laughs> Trent's coming to work here. I'm like, uh, okay. So luckily, Steve Simons and Bear had a private had a 
piercing studio in Gastown. And they were just like, tattoo out of that room. I'm like, okay. I went to the Ivanhoe. I had met like the band Minority, um, Drexel's Eye, some other bands, because they had all come through Toronto and come by my shop because my counter guys were in bands. I had friends in bands and stuff. And uh, so I just went to the Ivanhoe because that's all they talked about was the Ivanhoe. So I just literally show up because no cell phones. So I was just like, there's Jamie. There's Cam. There's all these people. They're just like, what the fuck are you doing here? And it's just like, yeah, man. And I'm tattooing in this private studio. So I was tattooing. I tattooed like the chief, rest in peace. Uh, you know, Jamie, all these other people. I was just tattooing. And they were getting me some work and stuff. Uh, like Bear, of course, and Steven. And then I get a, and then my shop is gone. Like I find out like I'm, I'm there for, I was supposed to be there for a few weeks. And then I was supposed to actually go down to Venice to meet up with Beer Factory um, to hang out with them over the new year. And then, then go back to Toronto. That was the plan. So I'm there. My guest spot stuff kind of falls through. I don't really have the money to travel. So I just decided to kind of stay in Vancouver because I don't think ben, Venice would have been the, greatest i don't want to go and live off of my friends you know what i mean and like that much and uh i should have done it though because who knows i'd probably still be living down there but um, (laughs) and uh so i'm trying to get a hold of the guys at my shop and i can't get a hold of it and then uh amber my piercer i got a hold of her and she's like oh you didn't hear and i'm like no she's like dude basically after you left they took my keys i was like what yeah and shut the shop, took everything. They closed the shop, midnight moved it. And uh, oh I was just like, okay, all right. And uh, so I didn't know, so I just kind of stayed. I started, you know, same thing, just drinking, going to the bars, tattooing when I could. And then, you know, of course I'd still see Chad and those guys all out. And then uh, I, I might've been Chad was like, hey, Glenn wants you to call him. So I call, I went by the shop and Glenn was like, Chad's leaving for holidays. It was this was like November, and he's like, Chad's going back to Winnipeg for Christmas. Do you want to come and fill in for him? I was like, Okay, sure. And he's like, Cool, thanks, man. And then so I went in, you know, doing my thing, doing work. And uh, and then one day I was just like looking at the schedule because I was just checking the next week because I knew I was there the next week, and then Chad would be back. So I was checking the schedule, and then but I just noticed my name just kind of kept going in the book <laughs> yeah. and Glenn just kind of looked at me and was like, uh, do you want to just stay? I was like, what, uh, what happened to Trent? And he's like, uh, oh, and he wanted too much or something. I think Trent wanted like what Glenn felt was too much, but was probably well, fair. Fair <laughs> yeah. for Trent, you know what I mean? To be there. Yeah. So Trent Good. decided not to be there and, uh, thank you, Trent. And then, uh, so I ended up staying there. So then it was me, Chad, Rob, Blair, and Glenn, and then... And that was the original location up uh, 10th and Alma. Yeah, 10th and Alma. Yeah, where Skull Skates is now. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was that was us for a little while. And then it was like, man, we should have piercing because we were sending... We were sending all of our piercing down to like um, uh, the underground where Greta Pierce, my friend Greta, of course... And then also Next was getting a lot of that. And Next then brought in tattooers. And we're like, well, we don't want to send people to places that have tattooers. Yeah, right? totally. So I, Dave had quit piercing. He didn't want to pierce anymore. Dave was basically 
sorting giant bags of clothes at um, what was that vintage shop that was downstairs on Robson where Clint was? Remember Value that vintage? Huh? Was it, was it called Value Vintage? I think so. Yeah, Value yeah. Vintage. Yeah, yeah. It's where like all the Japanese tourists came to buy like the red stitch Levi's for yeah. like, thousands of dollars and shit. So Dave was there sorting huge bundles of clothes and steaming. <laughs> That's how much he hated piercing. <laughs> wow. So I went down and I was just like, dude, come pierce. And he was like, fuck no. I was like, dude, just come. And so Glenn and Blair, they didn't want to have piercing at the shop because they didn't want to have to put that money out. That's a lot of money to carry that stock. And I was like, well, look, man, I'm like, just get somebody to like man a counter. Right. Like, so I thought Dave could pierce. Greta runs underground. Like, yeah, yeah. Do something. And so I was like, so the selling point to Dave was come and do it. And then, cause I don't want, I don't want to work with no piercers. Uh, cause I was very picky. So I was like, I don't want to work. No piercers. It's not like you, Greta, Kevin Barker, Steve Simon stuff, unless you've trained them. So I was like, how about you come apprentice somebody, train somebody, and then we'll apprentice you as a tattooer. That was the selling point that he came to Sacred Heart. To Pierce, and uh, yeah, do what you got to do, <laughs> yeah. And they they brought in a counter, and then uh, you know that's how like Tim Luke ended up piercing there, and Lindsay and everybody else and stuff. And then you know then Bill was out working at the Dutchman's, and then left there, and then we're like come here, and then Steve Moore of course was up in Whistler, and he was hanging out at Temple Tattoo, but that wasn't going too great, so it was like come here <laughs> temple and, was great man it's a shame it didn't work because it was a great place to get tattooed yeah and um and then so yeah so now it's me chad rob hope dave nicholson had come and gone again in that in in there at one point um steve moore bill baker and now i had michael working counter um because Glenn was a nice guy. He had gotten rid of Blair now and Glenn was a nice guy, but he was not a good counter person. And I was like, dude, we need a counter person. And he's like, I can't afford it. And I was like, how about the shop pays them? I think it was 40 bucks. I was like, shop pays them 40 bucks a day. And then the artists tip them out a percentage. And he was like, okay. And that was basically how I got Michael in there. Michael was working at temple also, and it wasn't working out for him as an apprentice. So I went and was just like, come to sacred heart. He made my needles. I paid him a dollar a needle. We tipped him out. Some days he fucking made more money than us, man. I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, so he was there and then, yeah, so that he was there and then Steve Moore came along. Bill was there, of course. And then uh, I remember fucking that midget walked through the door and it was just like, I knew him from Toronto. I didn't want him there. And Bill was just like, yeah, but do you want him working down the street for me? Just like, <sighs> Okay. So we brought him in. Um, He'll remain nameless. <laughs> um, you know, Michael's now tattooing and then he's went to Toronto for a bit. Rob's moved on to the Dutchman's and then um, uh, Dave's now apprenticing and then you're brought in and um, oh, the explosion. That's when the they built the second shop uh, the, on Davy Street. The, the later, the later, later nineties. What was her name? Why can't I think of her name? 
Nancy. Nancy was there. She oh, was yeah. good. She worked in Bam for a while. Uh, yep. Married now. Uh, when Bread I Man. Huh? Bread Man came on. Choco. Yeah, yeah, that was the downfall. And uh, <laughs> he was a plant. <laughs> he knows it. <laughs> Six was brought in to Pierce. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, right. But because Dave couldn't be at the kids' lounge shop anymore. Right? Because he now bought the shop. He bought the shop when he was the apprentice. So he couldn't be at the shop anymore and be the owner and the apprentice. The the power struggle didn't work. So that's why he opened Davy Street. And um, but yeah, so that was it, man. Huh? It was just uh super fun. Adam Sky had come back into the mix because he so, had come back from the States uh and came back and hung out, of course. And so what did that shop mean to a city like Vancouver? Like at that time in tattooing? Nothing. <laughs> All these years, I've felt like it meant so much more. No, no, no. Like, so, well, there wasn't a lot of, like, that's the thing, right? Like, first of all, when that shop first opened, there wasn't even a lot of shops to begin with. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of safe shops for regular people. But being on 10th and Alma, man, and the bus going right by on the way up to UBC, you get a different group of people. Like, I'm tattooing scientists, man. Like, my one great client, Stephanie, who I did so much work on, like, she managed to fucking... She managed a lab that was getting like 175 to 350 million dollar grants from Pfizer. Wow. In the late 90s, early 2000s. Like they're working with cloned fucking genetic mice and shit. Like crazy shit. Those were my clients. I wouldn't have got those clients if I worked anywhere else. You yeah. know, like, you know, like we just attracted a different clientele because the way Adam initially set up the shop because it was more of an art gallery when he first set it up. We then, when we kind of took over, um, cause that's basically what we did, right? Like even when Glenn owned it, we basically just bullied him into like, we're doing this and we made it a flash shop. It like sacred heart became a flash shop again for a long time. We weren't really doing a lot of flash, but we made it look like an upper scale walk-in shop with like the super cool, um, uh, Furniture that was made by like Dingo and, and Ken Diamond and all that stuff, like our floor that was done. Um, all you know what I mean? Like just cool shit like that. It was just it was a different space for a different new group of people looking to get tattooed. And we all tattooed so different. That was yeah. great. Like that's what I love. Like somebody would walk through that door and it would be the coolest idea. And it's like, oh, I could make five grand off this person. But it's like, that's not my style. It's going to that guy. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. It wasn't yeah, even yeah. like, it's not even like, I'm going to try this. It's like, no, no, this, you have to be tattooed by this person. And they're like, well, I was told to come and see you. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. You need to be tattooed by this guy. Like, that's this guy's tattoo to do. And that's yeah. how we all were. You know what I mean? Like, we we didn't step on each other's toes. We were super jazzed to push each other to be better and excel at the shit that we were actually like good at. Yeah. And that was just, that was just the way it was, you know, like we didn't like sitting work to other shops. Um, but we didn't not like sharing work. You know what I mean? Like, well, except for Chad. That's funny. That's how I ended up meeting you was that, uh, Clint had passed me off to Adam and then Adam passed me off to you. Yeah. He was like, Oh no, that's a Sean Headley tattoo. 
Yeah. 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 It was just, that's just, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like I've worked with people since where I'm like, I did a consultation you know, a while ago here in Edmonton and I worked with this great guy, Chad, and uh, he has a great shop with uh, Shane Ford now, Elsewhere Tattoo. Um, that's where Shay Motts just joined them. But I remember, nice. I remember doing this consult with this guy and I was just like, this is the Chad tattoo. And I brought him in. The, I was like, hey, Chad, do you got a minute? He's like, sure. And I'm like, do you want to do a consult with this guy? And Chad was so confused. Because <laughs> I like that shop that I was at, right? Good shop, a lot of good tattooers and stuff. But like nobody gave away work. Yeah, like, yeah. If it was if it was something they liked, like they would take they would give, they would say no to a lot of stuff. But if it was something like, and Chad just was like, you you could do this tattoo. It's a, just a big black and gray tattoo. And I'm like, yeah, I could do it, but you could really do it. Yeah, like, yeah. Do it really well. And he's just like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. And then it wasn't even a month later where he brought me a sleeve, right? Because he was like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we, we can function this way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't, I still like, I don't like to, unless it has to go outside of the shop with somebody else. I always say like the best artist should, should do the tattoo. The best tattooer for the job should do it. Always trying to do it in-house, of course, but sharing work in the shop. That's what you guys should be doing. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, you guys should be drawing with each other more than, you know what yeah. I mean? Really sharing that kind of information and stuff like that. It's it's, it's always been a dog eat dog. It always will be a dog eat dog. You never know how long that's the only thing too, right? A lot of young people, like a lot of people skip shops, man. Like I've tattooed for 30 years and the amount of shops I've worked at in 30 years, some young tattooers have worked in that many shops in three. Yeah. Right. So I get not wanting to give away clientele because you need to build that base to follow you. Cause already in the back of your head, you're probably like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here for. Cause I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to like it or if they're going to like me, or if I'm going to think yeah. something's greener on the other side of the fence and this and that, I don't know why they move around so much. I don't know. Uh, I know why I used to move. I used to move around a lot, not shops. I used to literally move <laughs> homes all the time. <laughs> oh fuck. Right. But yeah. I always, I always moved around and I remember talking to Steve Moore about this and he, he understood it right away. He goes, it gives you a bump up. And I was like, what do you mean? I, I sensed it, but I didn't really know how to put it into words. He goes, well, you're working here in town and your work, your work is all this. This is your best. This is your worst. Everybody knows this. You go to another town, they know your portfolio, which is your best work. Yeah. So you start there. Now your best work is here. You know, this is what they know you for. Then you go to another town and it all starts here and you just keep leveling up. You know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. If you're going to a different town, not down yeah. the street. Yeah, totally. You have to fucking move. If you're young, move across the country, tattoo in other cities. Fuck. It's so good for you. Yeah. Everybody should go to Vancouver. <laughs> I think they all have. That's what I, I do. Would, I wouldn't right, want to work in that city now. Go to Vancouver. Everybody should go to Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should uh, go work in Langley with Mike. Yeah, totally. Everybody go work at Lady Luck in Langley. Let's send yeah. everybody there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so good. Yeah. Go work with listening. It's way nicer than me and way funnier than me. Hey, he's got stories. He's got history. He's fucking fair and kind. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we're talking about Sacred Heart. Uh, I want to hear about. Well, oh, you, 
<laughs> Stories are going to get wild. <laughs> I don't even have a drink. Fuck. Hot in this room. So you eventually leave Sacred Heart. You move on. Uh, yeah, we can say that. Yeah. And you... Um, I took 18 months off tattooing. And then you popped up again where? Uh, and, and actually, before that, how was how was having 18 months off? Because a lot of people don't realize the newer they are to tattooing that a lot of us have quit tattooing for a spell. Like we've got burnt out or life has fucking tripped us up or something's happened and we end so, up. When I decided to throw everything I owned in a box, tattoo equipment-wise, into a box, um, I thought I was never going to tattoo again. I thought I hated tattooing. I thought I was over it. Like, and, I, and at the end, man, like I was, you know, I was not living my best life. I was, dude, I was not even trying to live really, to be honest. Like, um, I was not happy. I was not doing my best work. Uh, I was super depressed. Yeah. You name like you name it. Like just, um, I was basically a depressed suicidal person living in a body that had no ability to commit suicide. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and like, I just was done and I didn't know what to fucking do. Like I just threw everything and I, I lived on the streets. <laughs> I put everything in fucking storage. Crazy Jay paid for the storage and he was like, come stay with me. I'm like, no, <laughs> took my mountain bike, which I got from you, my Gary Fisher and shit. And I have my keys in my storage locker and I just fucking like, just did whatever. I fucking slept under underpasses. I slept on lawns for a bit and just did all that shit. And then I bumped into Eric Thistlethwaite and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm all like chipper. Like I'm rad. <laughs> And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically made me move in with him. Uh, he made me move out much, not much longer after, but he, made me move in with him. Uh, he went and took all my stuff out of storage. And I stayed with him for a while. And then he's like, you need to get your fucking shit together. Because um, I have no fucking money. Cause now I'm staying with him I'm not on the streets. Right. So now I'm staying with him. So I'm like, I basically was living off of like, like in the morning, put a bag of rice into the rice cooker. And that's what I would eat all day. Just eat rice. Like I was clean off drugs, uh, fresh off drugs. Kind of, I was still slipping a little bit here and there. And then, uh, Christoph was just like, these are non tattooers. These are just friends of mine. Uh, my friend, uh, lifetime friend, Christoph, he was, uh, you know, son of a, German bricklayer. He's been doing tiling since he was a fucking baby and he was doing huge tiling jobs. And he just, my friend Scooter, oh, I used to live, so I dated this girl mouse. Scooter was our roommate. So Scooter's working for him and Christoph's like, oh, I can give you a job if you want. I was like, okay. And Eric's like, take it. <laughs> for people that don't know, Eric is like six, six, 300 pounds. Yeah. Got evil twin tattooed across his knuckles. And a uh, great friend of mine, but uh, he means business. And yep. he's like, get your shit together. Take that fucking job. And Christoph um, was like, yeah, man, like you can come work for me, just general labor. I'll pay you 14 bucks an hour under the table. So I'm going from tattoo money to 14 bucks an hour under the table. And I was stoked. 
I was like, okay. And I started doing that shit, man, like getting up early. And then he got tired of picking me up all the time. So he basically like, I was staying in North Van on a cot, like a military cot in his basement so that I could just be there for oh, fuck. Because we started doing a lot of jobs. So it was pre-Olympics. So we started doing a lot of jobs in um, in Whistler and Squamish. Excuse me. Whistler and Squamish. So we were driving up there every day. And I started meeting all these, like, super nice people, uh, regular people. <laughs> <laughs> you know? kind of weird you know like my party trick was being able to like guess your computer passwords because i was hacking <laughs> so much for so long um that i just got so good at it that like and it's so easy to read certain people it's like yours is your birthday with an asterisk on the end of it they're like whoa <laughs> but anyway so i meet all these great guys and uh, i'm tiling up in in Squamish and Whistler with Christoph. And then it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to drive back and forth anymore. So one of the guys, uh, one of the landscapers that we were becoming friends with, he had bought this townhouse, but he tore the kitchen out of it because he was going to do all these rentals and stuff. And he was like, do you want to rent this townhouse with no kitchen? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to cook food anyway. <laughs> so also quitting drugs and then not having my eating under control, I fucking went from like 160 pounds to like 240. I basically ate at Burger King every fucking day. I ate at the Shady Tree in Squamish. Oh, the Shady Tree. I was fucking drinking so much fucking beer. And then it's funny. Somebody would find out I'm a tattooer. And I'd be like drinking a beer. And so we'd be like, oh, I hear you're a tattooer. And he'd start talking about tattooing. And I'd just like dead stare them. And just like open my hand and drop my beer and just walk backwards <laughs> and then walk out the door and leave <laughs> just to make a fucking point of being yeah. super dramatic. <laughs> Don't talk to me about tattooing. <laughs> and then it had been about 18 months. And then a couple people, I was dating a girl, uh, Laura. Uh, oh, congratulations, Laura and Piot. They just celebrated their anniversary. Um, and I did a sleeve on her just like in our garage. <laughs> and then she worked at the shady tree and uh, I forget his name, young guy, super nice. He kept bugging for tattoos through Laura. And she's like, yo, you just tattoo him. He's a good kid and stuff. Joel? Like, no, I forget his name. Yeah. But anyways, he got a dragon on one cat. He was a pretty big kid. He got a, he, and I'm like, what does he want? And he wanted like Paul Jeffrey style, like jumping tiger and a dragon. And I was just oh. like, I haven't tattooed in almost two years. The tattooing I'd been doing for a year prior to that was not good. And I was just like, you know, the stuff I was doing on Laura was okay. It was all freehand, but you know, and I'm just like, okay. I was a little nervous about setting up and stuff. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then when I did it, I was just like, man, I fucking love tattooing so much. <laughs> it's so awesome. But at the same time, I was still really kind of struggling with it, you know, like, um, it was weird. Like I had nightmares for a long time of, cause Sacred Heart became such like a core part of my personality that the separation from that, like I literally had like nightmares and stuff. Like it was a really hard transition. And I think that's why I didn't want to tattoo. And then we had a friend, Christy in Calgary, Laura's best friend. She was working at Body Inc where Ryan was a body piercer but many years after me. 
So they needed one of their tattooers quiet quit. <laughs> he just left and never went back. So nice. they needed a tattooer. Uh, this wonderful woman who has a shop in Red Deer now, Veronica. Uh, Veronica, she uh, was tattooing there. But she was still pretty new. Shauna Lee wasn't tattooing a lot, the owner. Um, so they, and I was just like, mm -mm, no way. And Laura's like, do it. It'll be so much fun. We'll go to Calgary and party and tattoo. And I was like, okay. So I went for two weeks and I had fun. And it was, it was fun. It was a busy shop, you know, a lot of little walk-in stuff. Uh, it's where I met this really cool guy, Ken Cools, who is a professional BMXer. His sister, I believe, still lives in the Langley area. Uh, she is also a pro BMXer. Ken Cools went on to be the BMX coach for the Canadian BMX team for the uh, Olympics. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. He had worked by Rob Hope on him because he was from that area and stuff, right? And I was just like, so that kind of, that meeting him and tattooing that that also was kind of like, oh, I remember. This, yeah. You know, but also, you know, I talked to you because I've been seeing you through those times, but I hadn't talked to a lot of people. Man. I talked to Michael a little bit, but I hadn't talked to Steve Moore. I hadn't talked to Pierre. I hadn't talked to Dave C. I hadn't talked to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, just, I didn't know what to say, really. And just kind of like, you know, once I got clean, also, I realized, too, I was like, man, I probably sucked to be around. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially for guys like Steve Moore, right? Like, he doesn't live that lifestyle. Like, yeah. let alone me just being drunk, but also being, like, a person that's literally, like, kind of mentally falling apart. You know what I mean? Like, that was probably very stressful for a lot of people, I'm assuming. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, at this point, I really hadn't talked to a lot of people, but then, like, him having that Rob Hope tattoo was like, oh, fuck, cool. And then Sean Lee's boyfriend tried to get me. He was like, you should come work here full time. And I was just like, nope. And he actually offered me probably a better percentage than they offered anybody at that place. They were very business-oriented, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew at that time, I was like, you know what? I miss tattooing. I love tattooing. This isn't the type of tattooing I want to do which was just tattooing. Like there was nothing. I was just yeah, yeah. doing it. Um, I needed to find that old, like sacred heart feeling of like that growth and just like that, like, not, I don't want to, I don't want to say family because that shit's so ridiculous. It's like people aren't family. You're not families. You, you guys are coworkers. But we had a camaraderie. Like we had, yeah. uh, we had a, a, a intense mutual respect for one another in the early years. Uh, we really genuinely wanted to see each other succeed and do well. And we were stoked when we saw people do well in our circles. Um, but I didn't know where I was going to find that, you know? And then, so I went back to Squamish. I was no longer working with Christoph. I was now working with the guy, Dom, who owned that townhouse. I was doing like landscaping, like bricklaying and stuff. Yeah. And I, honestly, Dom paid me a lot of money just to hang out with him and drink and drive around in the truck. <laughs> Dom was awesome. I fucking love that guy. He'd be like, hey, do you want to do a tile job? I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you'll get like 45 bucks an hour. I'm going to come do it with you. But he would just sit on the case of beer and drink beer and watch me tile. <laughs> And then he'd be like, oh, there's like uh, kites going on. So we'd like go and see like the, the kite 
like skimboarder guys and shit like that were supposed to be doing a job. Like Don was great. Amazing. <laughs> he was paying me twenty five dollars an hour to drive around in the fucking big truck <laughs> in Swamish, uh, just to keep him company. It was so fucking awesome. But um, so Christy had left, and she started piercing at uh, Bushido. And then uh, I ended up going and doing a guest spot there. Doug Fink, Mike Peace, um, you know, Chris Goldberg. There's lots of people. I know I'm forgetting names. I'm James Jacobs, uh, Hillary. Uh, just a great crew of people. Again, all did different stuff. Not uh, again, it was very separated. That original Bushido was more rooms, you know. I got to work in a room with Doug. Uh, but it was all kind of like disjointed early days. So it was kind of that, you know, everybody kind of does their own thing and stuff. And they, even though they did their own styles and stuff, it was just like, it was good. Every got along, like we'd go out together and stuff like that, but it was like, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And then at least I thought, I think think that's hard to find, you know, like I've talked to several people from sacred heart that have left and all had that same kind of, longing to find that connection again yeah and i i don't think i think that was something special that it has as much to do with our age at the time and where we were in life you know like you're not uh gonna find that kind of connection when you're older so much because you've you've established a whole bunch of different things in your life and relationships right well yeah for sure so i ended up doing a couple guest spots there and in that time you had five fathoms in Vernon with Dustin. Yeah, yeah. Peace, you little fucking bastard. And uh, so I had come out and visited you a couple times, and I had visited oh, you. I had visited you also during this time and not been tattooing. Um, Wild times. <laughs> moonshine paralyzer times. Oh, fuck. Wearing wigs with Steve Simons times. <laughs> Pregnant strippers smoking on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, but so then it was so funny because I was going to go to Vernon because Laura wanted to go to Vernon uh, or Kelowna for WestJet. And Dustin phoned me from Dutchman's and he was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're going to finally work together because Dustin and I had never worked together. And uh. he's like, so I'm going to work, we're going to work together, this and that. And then, but Doug had just offered me a job in Calgary and the WestJet head office was in Calgary. So Laura was like, let's do Calgary. So I was like, oh man, I just took a job with Bushido. <laughs> this was Dustin on the phone. I could just picture his face. He probably went, hey, yeah, yeah. traitor and hung up. <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh, traitor. Click. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. But, yeah. So then, yeah, I was at Bushido for a little bit and then just, you know, left Calgary. My my daughter, I was a single dad. My daughter was living with me at the time. Uh, she's a teenager. She left to go back to Toronto. I was kind of like, I don't really want to be in Calgary anymore. I didn't love it there. Uh, and I didn't know if I wanted to be in Montreal or Vancouver. Um, I had, I didn't know. I didn't have options. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I didn't know where I wanted to be either. 
And I had gone and done some guest spots at this point now at Ink Addiction because of you telling me to go there in minus 50. And uh, <laughs> it was great. Character building. Busy. It was, a good, it was a good place and everything. And then uh, I get a phone call from Rob Job. It's like, Rob Job doesn't call me. And he's like, hey, uh, you're thinking about leaving Calgary. Like, yeah. She's like, you know, you should maybe think about going to Saskatoon. And I'm like, am I on speaker? Is Jody with you? (laughs) (laughs) So Rob literally negotiated for Jody for me to go to Saskatoon. She's like, you know, it'd be really good for you. You know, you can come help Jody out with his apprentice and this and that. And it'd be good for you. You know, you don't have to like, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I I do want to leave. And I'm like, I was now dating a person in Edmonton and I didn't want to be in Edmonton, but it was close to Edmonton enough that I was like, Oh, well maybe I can like go there. And then from there I'll decide where I want to go. Vancouver, Montreal. I'm like, I'm going to do the Montreal convention in September. Maybe I'll just stay. And then like an idiot, I got engaged, ended up moving to Edmonton. Didn't work in Edmonton. (laughs) Drove every day. For two years to Red Deer, <laughs> back and forth, <laughs> classic tattoo, and uh, uh-huh. each way. <laughs> I was North Edmonton. It was two hours. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, yeah, did that for two years. Went to uh, Lucky Strike for a year, year to the day. Quit. Uh, ended up going to. Um, it's okay. We're just recording. <laughs> you yes. take that call if you need to. <laughs> I'm going to. I will, because this text is from the most important person in the world, and it's not I'm here. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not texting you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we, and I ended up working at Lucky Strike for a year to the day. Uh, me and the owner just didn't jive, and then I left. Then I started doing guest spots, just a bunch of guest spots. Like literally I quit on a Friday, Sunday. I was, I had already booked to be in Nanaimo for two weeks with Rob Noseworthy at black and blue, went back home, went to Saskatoon for like a weekend, went back to Edmonton. I went and worked with Clint, went back, went back to black and blue, went back to Saskatoon. I just started jumping. I just jumped around for like eight months. And then, uh, my now ex-wife was just like, okay, enough. So then I got a job at uh, a local shop. Uh, actually, I worked with Jessica at Capital for a little bit. And then uh, it just didn't work. She didn't have counter staff. I wasn't good with the social media, stuff like we talked about before. And so I left and I went to another shop that kind of helped with that. And then I left there after less than a year and went back to Classic. But moved this time to Red Deer. Worked there for 18 months. Moved back to Edmonton and I opened Champion in 2015. So I've had Champion now since 2015. Crazy. That's it. That's my life wrapped up. Cool. If you want to know more, like the dirty parts. Ask about the convention. Ask about the convention in person. (laughs) Yeah. Or come and just hang out at the shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Rad. That's it. That's, uh, That's my tattoo life wrapped up i don't think super all the times we all the times we've talked about your past and your history i don't think i've ever got 
a full story like that. It's always been like we start and then there's a fucking tangent that goes off. <laughs> and you never land that plane ever. <laughs> this time you managed to land the plane repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's good. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's important that people understand the era of Scarborough you came out of. And the things you saw in tattooing from, you know, late 80s onwards that shape your opinion about tattooing and, and your opinion That's you have on things. It's not even tattooing. It's like, dude, I saw like, I saw like my first like death when I was a fucking kid. I saw an old lady being like punted like a ping pong ball in like super busy traffic on Morningside Road when I was a kid on my bike. And then I hear my fucking mom yell dinner and I was like, okay, and just went for dinner. <laughs> When I was nine, I used to hang out with this homeless guy that lived in the forest by uh, Danzig Street. And he had a dog. I thought it was the coolest because he named a dog. And then I went one day after school and he was dead. So instead of telling anybody, I just covered him with leaves and took his dog. <laughs> that kind of shit shaped me. Tattooing had <laughs> <laughs> Standing on the platform of Young and Blur and a crazy guy, mental health issues guy. Uh, houseless guy, whatever you want to fucking call him, just literally like did that to a woman while a train came in. Didn't run away, just sat down and started rocking after he did it. Like that's the kind of shit that that I saw. Tim Luke, we were on Dave Davy Street one day in Vancouver. Remember there was a spell there in Vancouver where Vancouver buses were dragging people. It was yeah. like they were ever waiting for anybody to get off a bus. They just start driving. So a woman on Davy Street went to get off. Her bag got stuck in the back door and the bus just started driving. She got wrapped up inside the fucking wheel. We're coming back from the bar. Tim's fucking wasted. There's a crowd of people. Tim's like, what's going on? Somebody's like, oh, there's a woman. Like, And he's like, oh my God, grandma. And he starts like pushing people out of the crowd. And he like, grandma, grandma, runs right up to the fucking wheel. No, nope, not her. And walks away. And everybody is just like. And Tim didn't skip beard, not not her, took a drag of a cigarette and just walked. <laughs> it's like it was somebody's grandma. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Oh, we, did Mike. Of, we did lots of drugs. We did lots of alcohol. We weren't <laughs> fucking smart people. We were smart at stupid things, but we were we weren't not smart at social issues. We weren't smart at that. That's why we like if you were a good person and you were good like social etiquette, you wouldn't have gotten along with Bill. He wouldn't have taught you how to tattoo. Like it's just if you were like a social retard, that's you. That's who you were. Like that's what tattooing was back in the day. It was tough guys and and like social retards. Like, yeah, didn't know how, but we were really good with clients. I'm super comfortable one-on-one -on -one with clients, but then like anywhere else I'm fucking soaking wet. I, I ramble, I talk way too fucking much. I overshare. And that's just, that's just my, like, it's, it's like this. <laughs> yeah. Cause you made me fucking talk about shit. Like, loser. I barely asked a question. I think I've asked three questions as well. <laughs> You're just like, I question that and go. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you talk about yourself, and then I get all fucking nervous, and then I do. So anyways, I'm going to eat. No worries. <laughs> I need to cook dinner. <laughs> all right, buddy. Love you. I love you, too. I will. Uh, we'll see you in fucking seven days. Julia's stoked. Julia, are you stoked? She's stoked. Yeah, me too.
Okay, bye. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye.